What's this word? Let's sound it out the best we can. We might not be able to. Land what the edge What do you think? Language. See when you start sounding out, you can figure it out. But you have to try. Language. Well, we know a lot about language in this classroom, don't we? Bienvenidos, and welcome to Avanta Latino. Today, we're taking you to school. But not just any school. My name is Annalisa Dagenhart, and I'm the principal of Corpus Christi Catholic School. Okay, one, two, three, eyes on me. One, two, eyes on you. God is good. All the time. Okay, we are pre-K through eight, so we have as young as three-year-olds and then all the way through eighth grade. And this school in Colorado Springs is actually doing some really cool things. We are the only uh, Catholic school in our diocese who has uh, an ESL program. As a member of the University of Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, or ACE, Corpus Christi has implemented an ENL program, which in this context stands for English as a new language. Per ACE's website, this program is helping schools like Corpus Christi develop a deep understanding of the process of language acquisition, employ research-based instructional strategies, and cultivate culturally sustaining classrooms. But before we hear from Principal Dagenhart and her staff about how they're achieving amazing results, we're going to learn a bit about how Annalise and her program director, Dan Walker, found themselves leading change. My first year of teaching was in inner city Chicago, um, and I did it as a, a volunteer with the Franciscans. An urban group of related mendicant religious orders within the Catholic Church that live in poverty for purpose of preaching, evangelization, and ministry, particularly for the poor. And she didn't have a teaching background. But they placed me as a teacher. And in a Catholic school that was 99% Latino and 1% Black. And um, I loved it. The culture was so welcoming and inspiring. And um, I just, I loved all aspects of it. And then when I lived in Chicago area, um, I lived in an, an all Latino uh, neighborhood. And so, um, my Spanish was very limited to what I learned like in middle school, um, but I just, I really just fell in love with the culture. We would move the desks and we would have salsa parties and we would, you know, so, um, so it, was, it was really, really fun. But for Annalisa, the salsa parties in the classrooms turned into a lifelong mission to serve. I just have always felt called um, to this population. Um, I feel like it is somewhat of an underserved uh, population. So when um, this transition within the demographic of our school happened before um, I came into leadership, but um, as a teacher, I was, I was part of that change. And the priest who we had before really got us connected to um, Notre Dame and our, their uh, enrollment, what is it, their Latino Enrollment Institute. 
Notre Dame's Latino Enrollment Institute offers learning for Catholic school teachers and principals through the ENL Hernandez Fellowship, which provides educators with an opportunity to deepen their expertise in educating linguistically diverse populations. I think that most, um, we're going to have a high population of Latinos within the church um, in the next uh, few years. According to Principal Degenhart, within a two-year period, Corpus Christi's Latino student population has grown from just 16% to 49%. With a current enrollment of 207 students, Corpus Christi is growing. We're enrolling new students every day, Degenhart says. Uh, 25% of our student body are Corpus Christi parish parishioners. The other 75% um, are from either other parishes or are non-Catholic. I'm uh, Dan Walker, and um, I am both the ENL director and a Spanish teacher. I started last year uh, for a little over a year now. And uh, as ENL director, I just started this year. And this is Dan's second year as a teacher, period. So we're, we're lucky that this is his first assignment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I retired military, was my previous occupation for 23 years. Uh, so in the military, I was a communications officer or a signals officer. And uh, my primary job was basically to run networks. Uh, for uh, brigade uh, level and uh, and some higher, um, uh, my one of my last roles was working at NATO um, for a uh, the Joint Warfare Center, uh, but primarily it was communications was my was my uh, responsibility. Dan, who's originally from Texas, learned Spanish growing up in a multicultural family. Yes, yeah, so my mother is uh, Hispanic. And my father is Caucasian, uh, hence the last name Walker. And I'm also married. My wife is from Mexico. Uh, my mom is from, we're, we're multi, I don't know how many generations. If you're from Texas, like pretty much you just say your ancestors are from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but, my, but my wife is from central Mexico. The state of Guanajuato, to be exact. And it was Dan's wife, a fellow educator in the area, who inspired him to leverage his military experience and cultural background as a Spanish teacher. I did have um, requirements or, or, or opportunities uh, to use my Spanish language. I worked with uh, the Spanish uh, military, with the Mexican uh, military, and with the Colombian uh, military. But in terms of um, skill sets, uh, I think uh, aspects of like planning, and organization uh, have transitioned uh, very well and helped me uh, to be somewhat successful in this job. And he's bringing those experiences into a classroom that is becoming more and more Latino. With nearly half of the students in her school identifying as Latino, Degenhart has implemented some critical changes at Corpus Christi. We have Christi. a lot of children in here that can speak more than one language. So that means that our communication um, is dual language, that we have a bilingual speaking uh, receptionist, that we have um, an ESL director, Dan, um, and that our teachers are able to educate all children. Since most of the teachers at Corpus Christi only speak English, 
Dagenhart says the school's ENL program has been instrumental in not only transforming the way their teachers teach, but how their students learn. Part of what we're doing at a school-wide level is to um, educate our teachers, have them insert into a dialogue and collaborate with one another on best practices um, in teaching our our ENL students. In my classroom, I have students that do speak Spanish on a regular basis, um, both at home and, and even at school. Um, and then I sort of started with a bunch of other students, half, you know, some, half to sometimes even more than half, um, I would say up to almost 70, 80% in some of my classrooms. Uh, the students had no real background in the language. Which has provided some challenges, but also some opportunities, says Dan. Because the students who are able to speak Spanish have really been able to help mentor and help along the other students and kind of help me uh, accelerate the program. And, um, and then we've also been able to take it into areas where I think, um, you know, maybe a, a middle school Spanish program might not have been able to go to if I'd had uh, just non-Spanish speaking students. One example for my speaking test, I, I, I try to get a little creative there, uh, but I've been in plenty of situations, I've, I've been to lots of different airports where they actually did not speak English, um, specifically in the Latin American countries. And uh, so they had to get through um, customs, <laughs> in which the customs agent did not speak uh, English, which is that, that is a real situation that I've been in. So um, the kids were excited about that. So they were in an airport. I had airport uh, planes uh, on my on my big screen, and um, and some of the students got to play like the security, and some I I utilized my Spanish speakers also for that uh, to kind of just you know kind of make them understand that hey this is you know, they had asked ask questions that they weren't necessarily prepared for, and then they had to come into the and, and talk with the customs agents, and I had them role play. So making it as realistic as possible is really one of the one of the things that I really try to do in my classroom. One of the big things that is really important to me is that you know I, you you've often hear about people that say, well, I took a foreign language for three, four years, whatever, and I still don't know how to speak it. So I really, really try to encourage the speaking part of it as well. Now, some of the students still very tough for them. Uh, to, to speak it, but I have other students who it is coming to them more naturally and they're actually approaching a very basic fluency in Spanish. And so that's really exciting for me, um, just to see that progress. Okay. Sounds like you have a lot of knowledge about... Another thing that I really think that's gonna be um, sort of, um, back, of backs up the evidence of what we're trying to do with the ENL program, one of the things that we're learning is that the students who have very good L1, like written skills, like in English, they do very well. They are able to translate that and learn their L2, which for them is Spanish. And so I think it just sort of backs up that evidence that the stronger your L1 is, the more it's going to be helpful in learning an L2. What a civilization is. What a civilization. When we're able to. Um, have the students recognize that they each come with a set of unique gifts 
and with our um, L1 Spanish speakers um, for all students to recognize that that really is a gift and it really is an asset. Um, and what's happened with that is um, all students have become more open and willing to try. Wow, look at these other big words. These are the vocabulary words. We so it kind of levels the playing ground, if you will, so that all students really feel comfortable to kind of put themselves out there and try and learn and then to really celebrate um, something that was they had to kind of work for um, to accomplish. Making things more uh, collaborative um, amongst students where maybe they do what we call think, pair, share. They have to think about it on their own and then they share it with a partner and then they share it out loud with the class. Um, we do a lot of uh, visuals. We purposefully group them together so that um, we can assess their content knowledge and what they're learning um, when language isn't a barrier. Even though the Spanish program is an important part of our, of our program, the main goal of our program is to get our Spanish-speaking students um, learning English at a faster rate. That is the main purpose. All right, let's do our good sounding out skills. But but by doing that through what the what she had described, that we're we're allowing them, we're, we're promoting the, the L one, but it's in, it's to help the students get to their L two at a faster rate. That is the ultimate goal. So it's, it's essentially the same goal as an immersion program, but it just takes it at a different angle. Though the goal is to have this type of integration in all classrooms, Dagenhart says about 40 to 50 percent of the school is there at this point. So we really have, uh, we've, we've worked with all teachers to implement this, but we're really um, punctuating our lower grades. And we see that that is where most of our students struggle with the language because um, especially as a kindergarten, they're learning English also, and so um, if they have English as their second language, then they're really trying to learn both. Citing research, Degenhardt says that the earlier educators, or parents for that matter, can immerse children in new languages, the stronger they will ultimately be in that language. pineapple here. You, you would like some pineapple, but you know what I need? The strategies are not a one-size-fits-all. Um, part of why that specific strategy works, I think, well in Mrs. Maloney's class is because she has a very high number of Spanish speakers. But maybe some of my other, uh, the other teachers might not have that many teachers, so they may have to implement, there might be different strategies that they're going to want to take in order to, in order to uh, help enhance English. But can we trade our food at lunch? No. But you want to, right? So countries... One of the key things that we're doing here is we're empowering our teachers with different strategies. Do you think we trade things with other countries in our civilization now? Mrs. Maloney was a little bit frustrated because what she had done was she sort of had her, her students separated. She was sort of pairing the Spanish-speaking students with the English students in hopes that they would be learning from their, from their thing. And what she was finding out was that the Spanish-speaking students were not participating nearly as much. They were sort of getting shut out of the conversations. They were getting shut out of the, uh, of, of, of the projects. 
and they weren't really participating as much as they as what you wanted them to do. All right, the next one. Oh, look at this one. Oh, what is this? That mm. I heard a God. In the same way that it was happening to me in my Spanish class, I was doing the same strategy where I would put my English-speaking students with my Spanish students, and the English students were just not getting the full, full aspect of whatever the project was. The Spanish-speaking students would sort of take over. is not a verb that we have learned, but if we use our patterns, we can So we discussed this, and what she decided to do, she's like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and put them together based on some of these uh, theories and strategies that we've been learning from, from Notre Dame and from also from the different books that we've been learning through a program that Mrs. Degadar has And she put them together, and what she found out was that, hey, these kids, all of a sudden, they were on the same plane, playing field, and they were able to communicate very effectively using their L1. It just comes natural, right? You don't think about it. But they still had a requirement after they were done, you know, sort of getting their piece together and sort of working through the problem set, then they had to use, in a very academic language, their L2, which is English, and present that to the class. And so that was a different strategy than what she had ever done before. And she just, I, I listened to what she said, and I was like, wow, that is a great example of implementing an ENL strategy in your class and taking advantage of, of, of the L1 to help enhance the L2. Dan, a Hernandez fellow, has been sought after from others in their network, building a stronger, more integrated community. Um, that is a large part of it. Um, our support system because our whole school is is a community and we believe um, in Catholic education that are that we really are partners with our parents and they're the first educators of their child and so it is really um, getting that support and understanding um, from parents as well um, and our community because not only do I believe we're um, trying to set up our students for success to be active contributing members to our society, but for them to also know what's out there. And the school is also busy forging partnerships with local businesses and institutions. So that they can um, just reinforce what Dan is trying to do in his classroom, that this is not just about a language inside these four walls. This is a tool that you can use out in the world. And here's the purpose, here's its application, um, and have them really experience that. Even though he's only been here a year, Dan is really excited about the progress that some of his students have made. We, we have had some real success stories, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily attribute it just to the ENL program because they were already, I mean, we have a, a wonderful team here, specifically, especially our, our all of our teachers are great, uh, but, the, you know, I, I have the most interaction with the middle school, and the middle school has really, uh, the teachers have really turned around some of the students who happen to be in the ENL program, and they have just um, accelerated beyond anyone's expectations. Um uh, just, I think, to, to, to multiple attributes. But I think what this ENL program now that we've implemented is just sort of building on that success. 
And um, one one of the specific uh, assignments that I had with through my Notre Dame program was I sort of had to do a, a deep dive and, and do a home visit uh, with one of our students who, who um, is in the ENL program. And uh, you know the mom was just she'd been to multiple schools and she was just very excited to be in our school and 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 I was able to, and the fact that I was able to conduct the entire interview in Spanish. And uh, that we're sort of catering, uh, you know, to that population because I think before not only was it a challenge with the student, but also it was a challenge with the parent. And one of the key aspects of our of our program is that because the mom does not speak good English, but she does speak very good Spanish. She's very educated in Spanish. She really feels like she's able to help contribute to her education now and be a part of her success. We were the seventh school since uh, the beginning of August that the mom and uh, daughter had visited. Um, the student had high anxiety um, about leaving her mom. And so we spent the first two weeks just trying to get her to stay inside the school doors. Now, um, you would not know that the student was even a new student. Um, she's assimilated, she wanted to join the volleyball team, um, she has friends, and I think part of that was that many of the girls in that classroom um, or in that class were also Spanish-speaking students, so they would try to get her to come into the class and welcome her in by speaking to her in Spanish. Flash forward to today, and the principal says... You wouldn't even know that there were any issues um, or that she had any hesitation about being here. She just has just jumped, jumped right in since. We know, Zaid, yes. I know a lot of words in Spanish. You know a lot of words in Spanish and you're helping me learn those words too, aren't you? All right, so language has to be a part. As someone who started out volunteering with the Franciscans back in Chicago, Dagenhart says she's where she belongs. I did not really have this on my radar. This was um, something that um, uh, I'm grateful I um, kind of be just became a part of, and um, I just love it. Yeah, I just I feel really comfortable and at home within um, the Latino community. If you're interested in learning more about the ENL program at Corpus Christi, email admissions at corpuschristicos.org or call 719-632-5092. This podcast is made possible by Gonzalez Consulting and Spectrum Community Services. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Spotify, as well as our other social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also find a wealth of inspiring stories and resources at avanzalatino.org. Remember, 
every civilization has a language. And all over the world, there's many different languages, okay? 